Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Following, it's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, the perfect cross-section of snack food and cannabis. I can't even wait. You're going to love this new brand, new brand for us, Sumo Snacks. Um, and on the podcast today is CEO and co-founder, Caroline Ye. Caroline, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me today. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I mean, this is so cool. I, I'm, I'm excited for you and the business you're growing and the momentum you've got. And I've got a thousand questions. But before we go to, into the questions and talk about the business um, and jump into cannabis, hey, share a little bit of your background. I love and I'm doing my research on you. I saw you had a lot of food experience and entrepreneurship experience, but share that with our audience and give us a little snapshot of you before launching Sumo. Yeah, definitely. So um, prior to launching Sumo, I've been in the cannabis industry for about six years now um, with Bloom Farms and Kiva Confections. And um, prior to even getting into cannabis, I was in the traditional CPG food world. So working with a lot of uh, different startup brands, uh, particularly here in the Bay Area. And uh, if we go back uh, a long time ago, um, when I was 25, I did launch my own business um, in the chocolate space. So Interesting. I saw that. That's pretty years. cool. Yeah. I- so okay, I, I, so before we get to Sumo, like, how did you decide to get into the food space? I mean, it's, it's really unique. I was sharing with you before we hit record that not everybody that gets in this industry is, has worked in the industry, but you have. Like, how did you decide to get into it initially? You know, it's, food is something that's always been a big part of my life, and I've always loved food. Um, but you know, coming from sort of this uh, traditional immigrant. Uh, Back, you know, my parents are immigrants, um, and coming from that background as an Asian American, it was highly discouraged in terms of a career. Interesting. <laughs> so I went to college uh, thinking I was going to come out and be a um, an environmental lawyer. Um, wow. Okay. Eventually, and when I got there, I spent a semester studying abroad in Italy, and after that, I came back and said, "You know what? I, I love I'm food. just going to do what I want to do." Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I love it. Uh, yeah, Penn undergrad and then what Berkeley grad school, pretty awesome. Um, so you decide yeah. you're going to jump into the food space, and we could probably spend like an hour on all of the different your experience in the space, which I love. Um, but we'll fast forward, right? So talk about how you decided to start this. How'd you get into cannabis first? Then we'll we'll talk about how you decided to start Sumo. Yeah, so I got into cannabis. Um, So I actually went to business school uh, later in my life. So I did the executive program at Haas. So, you know, those are for people who've been working for 10 to 15 years plus. Um, And being in school gives you an opportunity to really experiment and explore. And at that time, you know, cannabis was becoming very, very interesting. Uh, Several states had legalized um, California had cannabis in, um, under medical regulations for quite a long time. But, you know, Washington was legalizing, Colorado had legalized, Oregon was legalizing. And it was a very um, immature market here in California in terms of brand and products. And during business school, I was just like, you know what, I want to play around with this. I want to see what opportunities there, um, there are. How can I bring my background and my experience 
creating brands and products into the space. And it was super interesting to me. Um, so after I finished school, I jumped in but with my first job in cannabis at Bloom Farm. Got it. Yeah, really cool. And this is obviously a booming sector. We've we've talked a lot about cannabis and um, throughout, especially the last year and a half, two years, I'd say on, on our show with different brands that have come on. Um, and the, the, the industry is changing so much. Like over the, the last, let's just say a couple of years, you've been a part of it. What, what have been the big trends? What do you see um, evolving? And then we'll jump into Sumo. Yeah, I mean, cannabis has, uh, like I said, I've been in this industry for six years and it changes all the time. Um, and because I started in the medical, um, under the medical regulations in California, um, before we transferred into a legal market, um, you know, I think that for me has been really the biggest change that I've seen, essentially going from a pretty unregulated market to a highly regulated market that's in the biggest um, development. In the last couple of years, and again, this um, this industry just changes and evolves all the time because we're so new. Um, we have seen a lot in terms of consolidation. And obviously, um, what's going on in the California market right now is an oversupply in terms of the raw material, actives, flour, things like that. And they a pretty sharp drop in pricing and we're seeing a lot of farmers and businesses um, struggling or going out of business as a result. Oh wow. Interesting. Wow, I had no idea. That's that's fascinating. Is that gonna impact then the growth perspective or the growth potential for products that rely on it? What does that look like? You know, it still hasn't shaken out yet. Okay. But still in process. I, I there's there's no way that it doesn't. Um, so, um, because it's such a massive change within the market right now, but, you know, for the last two or three years within the regulated market, what you're always hearing is, oh, these big grows are coming online and, you know, all the, all this acreage is under cultivation. And once that cultivation really started hitting the market, um, particularly during this last season, that's when we started saying, oh my God, there's a lot of supply right now. It's, um, wow. And there just aren't enough retail outlets in California. Plus, we have a very thriving black market um, <laughs> right. to be able to support sure. <laughs> right. that yeah. outlet right now. Wow. Amazing. I mean, like that's not, like, that, that's worth the whole podcast episode right there. Just, I mean, like it's so interesting to see this market. I don't, and I, I personally didn't know that. And I think a lot of people that don't know the market like you do may not realize that. Um, something to definitely keep an eye on. So talk about Sumo Snacks. Um, for those that have not been to sumosnacks.com, you can go check it out. So salty and savory cannabis edibles. Yum. Um, with really cool flavors. I can't wait to hear about how this, how this evolved. So what made you start the business and where did the idea come from? Yeah, I mean, I think basically the idea started with um, a VC um, that many people may have heard of called Casa Verde in a partnership with a venture studio called um, Redbud Brands. And they came up with this idea of wanting to explore um, savory snacks with the cannabis mix. So if you've ever been to a dispensary before, you'll notice um, across the board that the edibles um, section is dominated by sweets. Um, sure. Gummies are the number one selling, uh, followed by chocolate um, in terms of the edibles format. And there are lots of reasons for that. And um, the question becomes, huh, why is it that there really aren't any um, other kind of edible snacking options 
and you, you know, you start looking at the white space and you start asking those questions because if you look at the traditional um, way that Americans eat and what they buy, like we are a huge snacking um, society, right? We Americans absolutely, and particularly um, as we spent the last two years in a pandemic. I mean, that those numbers have just gone up, <laughs> blown up. Um, yeah, no question. And. In addition to that, salty snacks are the dominant category in snacking. It makes up almost 60% of what consumers purchase. So there's this huge disconnect between what you're seeing in the dispensary and what Americans tend to purchase on the whole. So the question becomes, why is that? Is it because consumers don't want to eat um, savory edibles? Is it because, you know, maybe a a brand hasn't really come out that's resonated with people? Is it hard to make? You know, there are all these questions you start asking. So the the company was created to say, okay, so if we create this product, is there demand? Is there a market there? Do people want it? And right now our answer is yes. Wow. Amazing. And so, and I saw you just got a nice seed round um, from the Casa Verde, I'd say VC fund. And so talk about how, when you got started, did you start with the idea and then go into like product development or did you already have product development pretty well underway? Or like, were you able to fast forward because of some of your work in the industry into product? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. I mean, my background in cannabis was invaluable, um, particularly because... Um, I worked at Kiva Confections, which is the largest edibles manufacturer in the state of California, Got prior it. to joining Sumo Snacks. So had I not had that experience, I, it certainly would have been more of a struggle um, because one of the things that people forget sometimes when you're talking about cannabis is we are a very, very highly and tightly regulated market. So the right. products that you come up with and idea on things like that, um, I often have to start off with the lens of, will it pass testing? Um, oh, is it going to be producible <laughs> consistently? You know, if I, I have to pass 95% of the budget, if I'm going to, or 95% of my batches, if I'm not going to spend all my time losing money. Um, so when I think of products, um, that's, that's a huge lens of how I look through it in sort of like, can it be made for the cannabis market the way it is regulated today? Um, So absolutely. That was a huge help. Yeah, I'm sure. No doubt. That's, I, I figured that again, I'm doing my research. Um, really cool flavors, fiery hot, zesty ranch, hint of lime, classic cheese, salsa verde. I mean, like for those that are listening, you're like, I can't imagine what a cannabis snack food would be like because just haven't had one or seen it. I mean, this looks amazing. Like, um, now, <laughs> did you launch with all these flavors at, you know, and then how did you figure out packaging? Or did you already kind of know how to do that also from your, from your background? Yeah, I mean, so um, going back to your last question, so product development had already been underway as I started working um, with Sumo and so had packaging, but a lot of it, again, had to be um, revised and reworked because we, we, again, are heavily regulated in terms of what our packaging can look like, what it can say, how it's presented to consumers. And the same with the product. Um, you know, we had a base idea for the product and how to produce it, but you got to go back in and rework those things to say, okay, how do we produce this consistently um, so that we meet all of our regulatory guidelines? So some of that work had been underway, but, you know, when I came in, um, we, we, we did a lot of reworking is what I was sure. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and did you already have a customer base figured out or was this, let's develop product and get it out and see what, what feedback we get? And, or, or, and what did that look like as you were launching? Yeah, I mean, definitely we wanted to make a product that was appeal that could appeal to everybody. I know sure. that's like normally you want to like define like who your consumer is. But again, because snacking is such a big part of uh, the life of an American consumer, and we set the price point very, um, very affordably. It's $5, it. and it's a serving. You know, I think one of the complaints that people have um, when it comes to edibles is you don't actually get to enjoy the snacking occasion. Sometimes you're eating one piece of chocolate and you're eating one gummy, <laughs> right. and then you're waiting. And then a couple that's hours about it, right? <laughs> Totally. Yeah, and then you get yourself into trouble because you want to eat more. Right, and because you, you're hungry. You know, this is when, exactly, <laughs> this is when you get your stories of like, oh, I ate so many and I got like super high <laughs> and I was like high for 24 hours. But for oh us, you know, we wanted to meet that need for snacking occasions. So you actually get a serving with our 10 milligrams. It's like half a cup of chips. So, um, <laughs> got it. It's five dollars. So again, we we really did want to make it as widely appealing as we could. That's interesting. And then, how do you think about route to market? I mean, obviously, there's regulations in different states. And how do you think about where to sell this product and how to get it out so you know you can get it in front of your consumers? Yeah, I mean, so we're a California-based company, and you know, having worked at other cannabis companies that have expanded to other states. Uh, personally, California is a really hard state um, to sure. work in. Our regulations tend to be tighter, um, and we've had the most the most number of, I would say, established brands that are very mature and very well funded. So it's kind of like if we if you can get a foothold here in California, if you can make your mark, um, getting into those other states. Uh, tends to be a little easier. Um, I've, I've found um, that it's a little bit harder for those um, cannabis companies that are starting in other states to enter California. California. It's not impossible, but it's definitely a Got challenge. It. Now, one of the yeah. things we had talked about with, a, 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 I think it was a beverage brand a couple of weeks ago, was just the challenge in different states of if you make a product, it's got to be made with product in that state. Is that still the case? Yeah. And Okay, so if you want to sell your product in another state, you have to you have to source materials from there as well. Is that still true? So this is a really nice thing about um, working um, in edibles and not just like straight flour or straight um, right. concentrates or things like that, is that my non-medicated um, portion of my product, which is most of it, so we're talking, right. you know, the base <laughs> ingredients, the, the vegetable oils and the seasonings and the packaging, I can source that from wherever I want. Um, Got it. The part that's difficult is once it comes to actually producing, you know, medicating it and then producing and packaging it, that does have to be done within um, the particular state that you're doing that in. So like the active (sighs) material has to be sourced from, let's say, Colorado, has to be grown and made in Colorado. (laughs) Got it. Yeah, that's so frustrating, though. Um, yes, it'll be interesting to see. All right, I mean, it'll be interesting to see that change over time. I think. Um, so, what's next in terms of growing the business? That you think about the next six to twelve months, and you've got like great flavors here, uh, great packaging, and obviously a, a working product. Like, what what are what's the key to growing your business? Well, I mean, I think the number one right now is expanding our retail footprint. So we got need it. to get. Um, 
we are actively working to expand the number of stores that we're in so we're available to more consumers because the vast majority of sales um, still go through uh, retail outlets, dispensaries, rather than there are many delivery services, um, but a lot of the traffic still goes um, directly through these retail stores. So that's a big part of um, our strategy for the next six to 12 months. Additionally, um, we are not just, you know, a savory snack brand. We are a snacking platform. So we are looking Got at it. where else <laughs> we can extend our product lines into the snack space. And we're actively working on that front. Oh, interesting. That's kind of cool. I like that. And, and have you found that certain flavors sell better than others yet? Um, as you're, you know, you've got a couple here. I'm guessing you're getting some numbers in that show some. At least a couple of these are maybe your top sellers, or others are not. What does that look like? We are finding that the fiery hot and the classic cheese are their two top sellers. Um, I'm not too surprised about that. So my <laughs> personal favorite is ranch. Ranch. <laughs> I was going to say that one looks pretty good. I have to say. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Um, you know, I always love to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. And you've had some really cool experiences in the startup space and in, with with brands that are growing and whatnot. Um, but I, I'd love for you to share two or three things that, you know, to other entrepreneurs that are listening to our show that might be helpful for them. What would be some of your advice? Um, I think one of the most important things that I've learned um, over my many years working business was to go with your gut. And I think a lot of times we try to argue ourselves out of it, um, but you often get this, you know, you initially get this gut feeling on something. And whenever you go against it, it always ends up being the wrong move. So definitely go with your gut. Um, if we're just talking about the cannabis space here in California, I would say it's a tough, tough market <laughs> right. to get into. Um, so, and we are... I am so supportive of other entrepreneurs who want to get into this business. Um, and I think we need to do a lot more, but I mean, I can't say this for everybody and I'm so fortunate, but if you want to get a foothold quickly, you got to come in with some type of funding. You got to, you know, if it's your own funding or fast or something like that. And I know that that's not possible for people, but to have a fighting chance right now in this market, that's just, that's just wow. what you need to get started at this point. Interesting. And if you had to lean on others to help you navigate that, I mean, I'm guessing you had a good network because you were already in the industry. But as you've grown this business, have you had to either hire or leverage others that can help you navigate that market? I think that you always, I mean, even since, you know, starting my first business, um, one of the things I kicked myself about, you know, was, when I was in college, it was just like, why didn't I meet as many people <laughs> right. as I possibly could have? Um, right. Because when you start your own business, what you realize is you are pulling in every resource, person, getting advice from anyone you possibly can. And that's also true of, you know, working at Sumo, working in the cannabis industry. Um, the nice thing about working in food and also in cannabis is generally... People are super nice and super helpful. So oh, um, even yeah, with me, it's awesome. like, we want to help you out. We want to talk right. to you. We want to give you advice so you don't make the same mistakes we did. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's awesome. And I mean, you, you want to help the industry grow, right? And that's you're leaning into each other. Um, I'm sure some people, before we go, I'm sure people ask, okay, you got to give me the, the lowdown on the name. So 
How and why sumo? Uh, we call it sumo because it's supposed to be a tsunami of flavor. Oh, got it. I kind of figured that, yeah. but I wasn't sure. I like it. I like it. Fun, yeah. snackable, <laughs> totally delicious. Um, really cool packaging um, and, and just great brand. I'm excited for you um, and where this is going. Caroline, we'd love to have you back on down the road as you're growing the business. I mean, you're you're in early days still, right? And um, and you've already got great, like I said, great products. So um, it's been really cool having you here with us today. And like I said, um, we'd love to have you back on. But before we go, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, check out your product, etc. Yeah, um, I would recommend that you go to our website, sumosnacks.com. You can see all of our flavors. And actually, if you're in California and within one of our delivery areas, you can order directly off our website and get our products delivered right to you. I saw that. Like, I think free delivery over $100 order. So pretty good. Yep. Um, Yep, That's right. Very cool. Uh, Caroline, yeah, it's so great to have you on. CEO and co-founder of Sumo Snacks. So great to have you. Um, Look forward to having you back on down the road. Thank you so much for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.